And welcome back into the podcast today. We have a very special guest. It is Lewis from Andy Blank. Lewis, how are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, Basta. Appreciate it. Thank, thanks so much for being here. We, we got a lot to dive into. I was first made aware of your art because you did a collaboration with the NBA and the NBA sent uh, one of those uh, my way. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So it sent me down a path of looking at all the rest of your stuff. How how did you get started doing everything that you do? Yeah, and that was a that was a great opportunity with the NBA. That was a cool thing to do, and it was a you know cool. It was really cool to take like an artistic spin on the whole on like the, on the on the NBA. That was awesome. Um, man, getting into it, I can go all the way back if you want me to. It's like it doesn't get meaty until we get until the business really starts. But I didn't study. I didn't study much. I didn't study any art at school. I went to university for six years and studied biomedical science and civil engineering. And I think I eventually, I moved, I've been in the States for maybe a decade now. Um, a lot of that time I've kind of been in and around the art world. Um, and I kind of just fell into it. I, I've always liked business. Um, I've always liked the creative side of business. And this is kind of just like the perfect merging of it. It's, um, I mean, Andy is Andy is like a direct consumer um, art and home decor's brand, and I kind of just saw the way that, you know, the current art world really there's nothing from a gallery or anything of worth out there that's under five hundred, under two hundred, and spending so much time working with the materials that they use and, and just the whole game that's played. Um, it's, I just thought to myself, it can be done. You know, everything we kind of do is, is under that $300 mark. And it's, we really are tailored to that accessibility, right? It's, it really is a brand that's, it's really helped people get stuff on their wall. There's like, being spending so much time in it, there's always like the intimidation of working, walking into your gal into a gallery and not knowing the questions to ask or like, it looks good, but who's the artist? So it really is taking the, the whole, you know, identity out of it. Um, Andy, Andy Blank is, is not a real person. Andy Blank is just the name <laughs> of the band. Andy Blank is the crew. Like we have a team of, you know, 15 of us here in our space in Brooklyn. And we all are part of like creating the pieces and developing the concepts. So, I mean, that started about three years ago and, um, you know, fast forward now we've, you know, shipped out almost 50,000 artworks to 30 countries all over the globe. Um, yeah. And it's just like a niche we've kind of just been sitting in, you know, it's, you know, it's really is like, a, I find it more of a, it's, it's turning into one of those gateway drugs for the real world. I think it's like people get that. It's a lot of people buy their first artwork from Andy just because it's That's there. Awesome. And we use a lot of digital marketing to get in front of people. And yeah, we just make it so easy to you know, populate, upgrade people's walls. So I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. So when on, on the business side of it, you realized at some point from looking at the galleries and looking at people using the highest quality paint and mm. canvases or whatever it may be, that there were actually margins in there. And oh, then yeah. that's when you, that, when did that click and how did that click for you? I think, I, yeah, I was, I was working a lot with, um, I found the business with my girlfriend, now wife at the time years ago, and she's a, a very talented fine artist. 
And I just think looking at the numbers, it's like, it's just a, it's a slimmer margin. It's as simple as that. It's a slimmer margin on our end. And we use the same materials you'd find in a lot of those um, pieces you'd find in galleries and museums. You know, there's, you know, you pay for what you get for those sort of finer quality papers and canvases and paints. And, um, you know, we use very similar techniques. It's, it's just done more, like it's done just a finer margin, I guess. It's it's a very different game. It's a very different angle. It's a very anti art art direction. Um, there's no there's the name is part of it, but the like the whole idea of it is getting it out there, getting the product out there. Not so much the name or like the name prestige out there. Um, you know, we make good quality artworks and they last a long time. And if the name comes secondary, great. If you know you earn any blank, it's now turning to one of those situations, like it's a recognizable sort of design. Um, that's great. But the whole idea was um, you know, the four the pillars of the brand right from the start are they still the same now, is like it's just accessible. You know, anyone, you know, everyone's got not everyone, but a lot of people got like 300 bucks to spend, uh, you know, when it comes to doing up their space. Um, and it's normally the last budget item is stuff for the walls. It's, um, you know, accessible and it's, it's good quality stuff. And it's all, a lot of it's still handmade here and with care with people with skills. So still to this day. Wow. So now when, when you realize you can do this, what is the step to then scaling it? Because I feel like that's sort of like, to me, at least as somebody who likes art, but likes business and entrepreneurship. That's like the epitome of success in art is being able yeah. to being able to replicate yourself. We yeah, we had to scale. We scaled immediately. Um, it sunk a lot of money. Like just just to get started was a lot of, a lot of capital. Um, you know everything. It only makes sense to buy stuff in bulk, especially in the materials that we use. So we went for that. And um, what what know, quantity we, were you buying this stuff in? Oh, quantity. I mean, I could you know, pallets, we had dozens and dozens of pallets. We have a, a 22,000 square foot space here in Greenpoint, which we moved into right from day one, like lunacy when you think about it today and it was terrifying, but, you know, we filled a 22,000 square foot space with all our boxes were packaged. Um, all our packaging was custom cut and custom sized and labeled. And we had, and it was just an experience. We don't have a storefront. We don't have a gallery uh, where people can walk into, but that whole opening experience when they buy a piece is our storefront. So, you know, like it's, you, they've seen the piece and they know what they're getting, but the, the experience of opening it and that revealing and um, being able to do it yourself, everyone gets a kit where they can hang it themselves. And it is very, is, you know, it gives ownership. It really makes that special for that. It's a special experience for people. There's instructions on how you hang your piece. You know, if there's furniture around, how, how to hang it, how high for people who've never done it before. Um, but yeah, we scaled, we scaled immediately. Um, I think maybe it was just a bit of like a bit of craziness to go that hard, but I just, I think there was a bit of confidence in it. You know, I spent a few years in the industry and it was, to me, it was either going to fail. It wasn't going to go. It wasn't, it wasn't going to work and it was worth just, going hard right from the start there's no second time doing it no for sure what what lessons did you learn in trying to scale quickly um i think uh, that's a, i think with the scaling i think um 
going aggressively, there's probably a lot of stuff I didn't need to get straight up. Um, there's a, you know, people always talk about the, MV, the minimal viable product. Um, I think maybe try to fine tune a little bit more and get cover every single base and every single what if anyone would ever have about our product or our brand. We try to capture on day one, and which is always a good thing to do. But I think it probably could have, you know, we probably could have released. You know, you probably didn't need a lot of the stuff that we needed and we thought we needed from the start. And, um, and, you know, it was probably could have cut a few things out, but I mean, we're glad we did it and we learned those lessons pretty damn quick. We kept an eye on everything. So that was, that was probably the biggest thing we learned right from the start. And then it's just a matter of, it's a fine tuning thing. I've after, you know, more, more, you know, clients come through and, and, you know, more designs are released and it's a, it's a giant testing ground for ideas here. And, um yeah we sort of just work what's what's the sort of identity what's the sort of identity for andy and what's like what sort of pieces do well and that sort of thing and yeah so you've been you've been doing this for a little while now where do you want mm. to see it go is this something that you you would like like it's funny for pieces that are so similar like to compare it to sports cards the mm. cards from the 90s when they printed a ton of them that are worth the most are the errors the yeah. error cards are some of the most valuable. Do you see like is is that a dream for you where like there are one-off things or you know random yeah. pieces here and there uh, that are in we, museums or what like what do you want to see happen? Oh man, who knows? Like that would be hilarious. Uh, I mean, there's a few thing one-off things we've done here. Like we've basketballs, I love basketball and I've done a few backboards and you know, that's sort of huge offers for to buy these one-off things and they're just hanging here in the studio to my right <laughs> but i think where i i really like the idea of really developing like the identity of the pieces going out um i think that's i think that's the real thing that can really keep developing and growing is like the type of pieces and the materials that we use and just showing people shit they've never seen before sorry right. if i can't swear on this but no, no you're good it's i think that's like a really important part about what you see in art now is I think a lot of people look at contemporary art and be like, I could, I could have done that. But mm -hmm. there's a little bit of element of, I've never seen that before, which I think is really interesting to people to see and like want to come back to more of. So, um, I mean, our audience is a lot of, of people who are looking to buy and fill their walls. A lot of artists follow as well. Um, and it's like we're always trying. We're we're a collection of minds. There's like there's a collection of minds here who, who who just all they do is think of new concept and research. And our R and D department is just like gung ho trying to go for everything. I that's what I'd love to see. If stuff ends up in a museum, fantastic. But you know that was at a certain time, a certain period. That was a really great relevant piece, and it was released. But you know we've moved on, sort of thing. So. But yeah, what, I mean, if it, yeah, if it ends is, up there, it ends up there. What does that R&D process look like? Like, how do you, uh, how do you add in sort of the, your business sense to research and development in this new sort of art vertical that you've created? Uh, yeah, it's, that's a good question. It's kind of, it's looking for different, there is so many different colors and materials and concepts which have never really been tried and tested so many combinations of all the three above too um and it's just seeing what works a lot of it doesn't work but 
we work in a lot of very heavy textural pieces. Uh, we do prints. Um, we take all our own photography and print and frame everything else. Um, you know, we have our own like frame that we get custom made and um, just different types of framing and, and different types of beautiful imagery, you know, very safe, very racy, uh, different materials. How crazy, how wild can you go? We, there is always the element of this has to get from this table to someone's living room. So, you know, it has to be able to be boxed and shipped carefully. It can't be made of glass, but it's, you know, using those constraints, it is really exciting to see what's out there. You know, that's, you can walk down to your local um, art store and you can see what's there, but, you know, we'd love to using materials that are not traditionally art and combinations that are not traditionally going together to really give people that I've never really seen that before. I think mostly the, the people who really follow the brand are people who are not really interested in like the name as a first stop with, they're looking for something for their wall. They walk in, they want to see something. Oh, that would look great on my wall. And I think that's what, that's a big mantra of the brand and and yeah we really are just trying to keep fresh in that regard on that front um how much does social media play a part in the business and how much have you seen it change sort of the art world since you first got going in it it's i think it's i think it does a really great thing i i think social media um is done a really good service to people with like a really creative mind and business direction it just gives power back to the people who it's an eyeballs game i think if you're creating something and you want to offer your creations to the world it is completely free and it just requires a little bit of taste and just putting up the right getting your right style right on the brand um on the platform and Anyone can see it, but I think it's done a really great job of like elevating brands like this. Traditional brand building with whatever you want to call it, you know, PR and billboards and television ads and whatever and flyers and that sort of stuff would be nothing compared to what it is now. And I really do think in the next five years, as things develop, you know, there's still like things like TikTok, which is kind of growing and you know, it's already grown, but I just think it's going to really give a lot more power back to a lot more people with creative and a lot of people who would never pursue a career in creative doing something creative can now think twice, you know, you can even do this anonymously. You know, I've done this for three years and yeah, you're telling me people, my, yeah, right. <laughs> I get, I get called Andy 99% of the time, except for family and friends. So I, I, you can do it completely anonymously for that sub thing you do as well. And, and like, you know, it, a lot of people have those find those hidden talents for filmmaking and and like having a beautiful eye for photography just by using these platforms. And I think it's a really good thing. Where how do you see sort of AI art fitting into the entire like art business puzzle that you know you see in the world in front? Because I'm sure you've thought about it. It's fascinating. I mean, it's it's fascinating. I I have to say I haven't used it too much, but. I think there is a place for everything. Um, I think there's a place for everything developed. I think it's generally a great thing that AI has popped out there. I mean, everything new ruffles new. If you know, if it, any everything you didn't ruffle feathers, then it's you know, it's not a development at all. I think um, it's a good thing, and people will find really creative, brilliant ways to use it. Um, but for here, I don't know. I. I I've got to use it a bit more to get, see what it's all about. But I mean, we're still old school here, made by hand, I guess.
Who knows with the gym? Who knows what's going to happen? I love it. When when you're thinking about uh, how do you determine quantities for new pieces that you're making? Are you trying to develop? Is it based on like the square footage that you have available for it, or is it based on you know like a a strategy you have for how many you want out there in the world, or what does that look like in your head? We do, yeah. That's a lot of of the pieces here are edition sizes, so you know it's out of two hundred or five hundred, and just say I I think it's important to have sort of a number on that 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 gives as that little bit of like you and that little piece of piece of property there's only that many made by this people at this point of time and you own one of them or however many um normally you know depending on the complexity of it and and what's involved drives the addition size um you know we can get be ranged from 100 200 500 up to a thousand three thousand some of them are only available for 24 hours um, so you've only got a day, you know, you've got to be switched on to get it or you miss out forever. Um, and some are only available for a season. So, I mean, it all kind of changes. Everything's either limited in quantity and time um, because I think it is important to keep fresh. Um, and I think it's it also just to keep, maintain the integrity of, of the brand a little and integrity of the pieces. So it, it is kind of, it really um, depends on the piece and the complexity of it and and how much we love it really. Makes sense. What's something on the business side that you only could have learned from having done what you've done over the last few years that you never could have known about this business when you first started? Um, that's a good question. I think, I think I didn't realize the power of um a good team. I think we getting those first initial um you know highs and sort of helped me was great. I at that point I think we were just looking for people to help along with the process. A lot of ideas um, came from us at the start. Um, my wife worked really hard to get that, some ideas out at the, at the start, the inception of it. And then after a while, it really was important to hire the right people. I remember during COVID, we had a, like a couple of guys who used to work in kitchens and they were, um, you know, laid off during that time and they were really good with their hands. They were really clean. They worked in our painting department. So they're using paints and thick gels and, you know, it's like being in a kitchen, right? So we had a couple of you guys who used to be chefs and they were just great. They were um, super clean, super organized, really efficient, that sort of stuff. But it's almost like they treat it like they're dishing up a plate and it like, it's like the same sort of thing, but without the sense of taste and smell. And it just wasn't right. We eventually had to get people who've used these materials before, like people who've been to art school, I think was really important to really focus on for that department. But now we really, I really, I really value the, um, what a good team and a good team culture does for a brand like this. Um, you know, it's a room full of a lot of creatives, like a lot of people ba- like bouncing heads off, bouncing ideas of each other. I really think it's having a really good um, atmosphere in here is really good, really important. But a really good team, I think, was something I had to really learn. That was a really important part of brand. Um, and that's, and now we've got a fantastic team, you know, of, of like 15 guys here. And, and it, that took years to really build up and, you know, make sure everyone's, comfortable when and there are some really they're really big parts that you got to think about so 
That's interesting. The idea of hiring from like adjacent industries that you wouldn't picture as adjacent as tests. That's a funny, it's a funny concept. I don't know if I've heard that too much with chefs and artists. Yeah, it was, to be honest, there's some of the guys, well, there's like so many things, there's so many parts to this and so many different pieces. We've got over, you know, 450 pieces available now. Some of them are perfect. Like some of these guys hand control is just mind blowing. You know, they could do brain surgery and some of them, just the intricacies and how they control the palette knife is just, is beautiful. But um, yeah, there was just a few things that just wasn't right when it came to like the eye of like color and, and, and a few things like that, which are really important with like the finishing touches with the piece. But yeah, it was a really interesting test. Um, and it, I, it was great, but it just didn't work out long-term, but Hey, it was a, it was a fun thing to, to really test about. Test yeah. Testing. Super fun. I mean, you never yeah. know. Um, and now it's a great story, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, how did you decide on the name Andy blank? Like where, why the blank portion of that? Do you know what it's then? It started with, um, I think it started with Andy Warhol. I think he was uh, like, he's a great inspiration. He was just a legendary figure. Um, the blank came honestly, just because it was a really good fit. I, I I couldn't give you more detail than that. Andy Warhol, I think just being the legend he has, Andy was always going to be it. Andy was always going to be in the name. And I think Andy itself probably wasn't the best option. I like did probably some copyright issues there, but um, some um, trademark issues there. But blank just came because it was just a good fit. It rolls off the tongue, Buster. Honestly, as easy as that. Andy, don't want to overthink of, it. You use don't a lot of white it. in your art. So yeah, there we go. Blank canvas. A lot of ways you could spin it. So I probably should think of a better, better story for that one, Buster. But you know, it's as, <laughs> it's, as, it's as underthought as that. Do you do you ever want to work on a super large scale? I mean, I know you talked about the backboards, but have you ever thought about, you know, or, or wanted to do something really, really big, like buildings or yeah. things like that? We've done a few, a couple of years ago, you know, Adidas asked us to do a wall in their, um, um, in their Hudson Street, in their Houston Street flagship. I think it was an Adidas. I know it was like 40 feet long by 12 feet wide. And it was just this giant, we use a lot of resin, which is like a super glassy, um, super beautiful um, material that sets rock hard. And it just can be tinted any color from hyperfluoro to black as black. And we just did this super large, in-your-face, aggressive colored wall. Um, and, and, that's, and it was a blast. It really was fun to go, you know, large scale and um and you know it's not like there's situations like that like that don't pop up all the time but um yeah building side of the buildings would be fun um who knows but yeah that was a good thing to do i think um those sort of situations sort of allow like the team the team and us to really like expand to see how large we can go with ideas because everything really is concealed in a it's ideas that are concealed in the shipping box Mm -hmm. um it doesn't start there but I mean, that is like what our, that is our service. That is what we do. A lot of these things pop out and it's like, we got to do something wild here. So, I mean, we, we live in an area, a concert, a, a part of Greenpoint where there's a lot of um, film shooting taken. Like there's a lot of films shot on and around these streets and a lot of prop departments. And I think there was a few guys just throwing out these perfect condition 
backboards, hoop, and net. Still net, still tied up. And there were about five of them. And I'm like, what? Why? How? Like, what are you doing? I think they only needed one. I don't even know what it was for. What show? Anything? And I like, I picked them all up for fifty bucks each, and I just had them in. And then I, I. I stripped them down and covered them in resin and hung them up and they just turned out stunning. So that was just a fluke though. But, you know, a situation like that, we, we'd love to do. We've done a few other stores. We did a um, we did a few stores for Nike in, in, um, in over in Asia and we're doing another one for Adidas um, soon uh, in the next couple of months. But, yeah, they often pop up uh, and we, we jump at the chance. So you're in terms of scale again. You're at 15 people. You're you're doing a lot. Um, what is like the next scale for you? Because I'm sure, you know. I think it's just keep momentum. I, I'm a strong believer that you know life's all about momentum. I think it's just keep growing, new concepts, new ideas, um, filling the team out with people with you know more and more minds to kind of add to this giant stew of creativity. Uh, and I think it can only get better, like, you know, more minds are the better, I think. And I think it's just to grow the team out and get crazier and more creative, I think, and and just, yeah, keep showing what, what the brand can do. Um, we are like probably pushing a little bit more international. We find, we definitely started only exclusively in the States for the first couple of years and um, started dipping our toes in the water of like you know Europe and Australasia and it's been received really well there. So and you finding ship a way that to... stuff from Brooklyn, yeah, over there, got it. Yeah, we ship everything over from Brooklyn, packaged up to the eyeballs. Um, <laughs> we ship stuff to Australia, you know, daily, weekly. You know, that's probably the furthest place we ship to. Um, but yeah, all over the place. But I think it's probably to go more international. I think is definitely a market there and people sort of uh, really picking up on that so that's probably the next big step cool yeah it doesn't get much further than australia from <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it yeah, you gotta, you gotta be sending packages to the moon next <laughs> <laughs> you may as well but it takes about the same amount of time yeah that's a funny idea um what would your best advice be for you know sort of up and coming artists and what maybe they should take advantage of given um you know, current state of the market i think specifically for artists i think um it's just to learn all the business side you can i think uh this a brand like this is probably 80 percent um back-end numbers books balancing you know like you know dealing with the, dealing with the team and and just getting the back end right and then there is that 20 percent that everyone sees which is the beautiful pieces that are developed and and that sort of thing but i think and if anyone wants to get in that i really think that's the, the biggest side if you don't know it it's know it um everything like everything back end when it comes to like balancing a book balancing your books to doing your taxes you know importing stuff and everything like that i think if you want to get to big scale it really is to learn everything and be a part of everything i think that's probably the best advice i can give because i think the creative side probably comes naturally to these people and um, they don't really have to think about it so i mean it's obviously something you can always develop and you can have fun doing that so um yeah i really think it is to learn that back end or get someone on board who loves to do it so that's probably the what other bit of advice what resources did you use to learn all of that? 
uh, YouTube. Um, I spent a shit ton of time learning everything I can of YouTube, Photoshop, how to use DSLR cameras, um, you know, how to, how to find manufacturers overseas. There's just tons and tons and tons of research. Um, and you can learn anything online. So, uh, I mean, it helps. I went to university for a long period of time. So I, I don't hate numbers. I quite enjoy numbers and the business side of things and balancing and um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think I just spent just, I just threw myself into it and became obsessed with um, finding a marriage between the two um, and just seeing something work, seeing how it can work. Um, but yeah, you can learn anything. Honestly, there's so many resources of that there to learn everything, right? Even right. like if you've never painted and you want to get into it, like there are hundreds of results in, in types of brushes and paints and whatever. So, um, it's, and then just applying your eye to it. So, yeah. It's funny. They're almost, they're definitely too many resources. <laughs> the hardest part is actually just picking which ones to pay attention to. And, and you end up just clicking on the top ranked one with the best tags. Yeah. The algorithm. You end up yeah, clicking on the one with the best thumbnail. You know, <laughs> you gotta love and hate the algorithm. You gotta love and hate it. Yeah. It, it definitely, uh, it's, it's hit or miss. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, Lewis, your story is so inspiring. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot to learn from, you know, uh, for, from for a lot of people who are your biggest, uh, artist inspirations. You know, I know you mentioned Warhol, were there any, was there anybody else that you, or is there anybody else that you, you know, sort of look at in that same light? I think like you, I really, someone I've, I've always really liked Damien Hirst because I just think he, um, probably the first and foremost, because I just really doesn't, I really don't think he gives a fuck. Like, I just think he just does exactly how he thinks it should be done. Um, and that's, I think the best way to do it is like, it's exact, however you do it is the right way. And I just think that is the thing he wakes up and tells himself every single morning. And he's just turned into this like mega artist, mega who, whatever he is. It's like gone beyond being an artist, but he's probably, yeah, it's probably a big inspiration um, in terms of just scale and getting to, you know, a site like to that size. Yeah, he did a crazy job. My favorite thing he ever did was, uh, I think it was Sotheby's in like 2007, 2008, and he just took like 250 pieces straight to auction. And that was like the totally. first time that had been done by a really big artist, not going totally. to somebody else. And I was yeah. just like, oh, that is like the most badass thing you can do. It's yeah. just like he literally flipped off the entire industry and then made a hundred million dollars or whatever it was. He, and like even when NFTs popped up, he just ran headfirst into it and he did that really fascinating collection. He also has that he has that really good balance of shock factor and like very beautiful um and very questionable. Like it's a really interesting mix. And he I think he really has the perfect amount of never seen that before, sort of when he creates something. So stuff you've seen every single day combined and and just presented in a different way. And yeah, he really has captured. He's also a character in his own sounds. So he's nailed that. Yeah, I really think he's nailed the like being the artist um and doing the art. Yeah. And then also the level of collaboration that he does is oh, yeah. bonkers. I mean, doing things like Drake's album cover and, totally. you know, things like that. 
I mean, our our collaborations with people like that, something that you'd want to do. Yeah, definitely down the line. It's not a focus collaborations come up and I, I, I believe they have to sort of happen naturally for them both to work, but definitely, you know, someone like hers came knocking, of course, but collaborations, it's not a focus. It really has to be something that uh, aligns and just happens kind of naturally. I do, I do think, you know, there's such thing as like overcovering and sometimes you look at collaborations and like that was unnecessary, but um, I think, yeah, it really just has to be, it really has to be just like a really natural thing that kind of happens. And, and that's what we, that's what uh, we kind of wait for. Cool. What, what is like, um, I know obviously there's like the paint cost, there's the margin, mm. there's the shipping, can it be shipped, but what is like the yes or no beyond just like, do I think that looks good in terms of deciding whether to make something new or not make that new thing? Sorry, they're doing some drilling upstairs. Um, I can't hear it. Okay, gosh, that's good. Um, I think you just have a feeling when you look at something um, based off, it's it's a feeling. I think for a lot of people here, um, they work off a feeling of it's if it's the right sort of piece. Um, we don't really create to a formula or any sort of cookie cutter, but I think um, there really has to be that sort of little bit of, I've never really seen that before. It's, it's a feeling when you're having sort of uh, like, we know that we have a look and, and a, like a colored and a direction that we kind of work towards. And um, we're not going to do anything too morbid or anything too boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you know, we, it is to be something that sort of fits what we kind of do. You know, we, we venture from, you know, very minimalist to fluoros, but as long as it kind of feels right and that's, that's the right sort of fit for the brand and what we're kind of doing, that's kind of what we do. I know that doesn't make any really sense, but I, no, th- I, swear, I swear it's something that happens here. <laughs> no, it, make, it makes perfect sense. No, no Supreme court voting on a hundred percent. Yeah. Just yeah, take I mean, a word for it sort of thing. It, it, it's the same way with any of my businesses, you know, like even the basketball media companies, totally. when you do it for long, long enough, you just, it's just a feeling, you just know it. but the yeah, hardest 100%. part is hiring people who also can, you know, either be taught that feeling or just innately have that from their own success. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it, yeah, I agree. I, I think it is really like when you exactly, you can't teaching to like, Teaching when someone walks into Andy and they want to work work for a brand like Andy, it's really hard to get an idea what like if they're gonna really take on exactly what we want to do and and you know have the same sort of eye. Um, and it's something we kind of have to just work on and develop in some situations. But yeah, it's like a team. Yeah, you're right. It's a team. Really having a good team that really adopts it is just it just triples like your productivity. I think. But also having some creativity of their own, like you want. Oh yeah, like that balance is so hard, though. You know, totally to find people with both. I, I'm sure it's hard in every industry, let alone like art and media. I know it's sometimes it's really hard to balance so many creatives in one space. But um, I just yeah, I I agree. I think um, yeah, it's a really tough thing to to really get right at the start but sort of just got to get lucky a couple times and then you can build up the baseline of being lucky some people don't know they love it until they start working on it and they just yeah and i I think that people just grow into things but 
Yeah, I think um, looking for the right team and and to really share the vision with and work on it with you and like really work seamlessly is like, like I said before, super important. That's one of the things that is one of the like really up up like the top in terms of um, you know, like maintaining the brand and growing is really keeping a really tight, great team of different flavors, right? Just to create that one big complex flavor. I love it. Well, Lewis, you're crushing it. We're all rooting for you. Uh, people Thanks. can find you best at uh, Andy, Andy Blank. What, what are the Andy best Blank. places to find? Uh, website's andyblank.com. Uh, the handle is um, Andy underscore blank. Um, TikTok, same, Andy underscore blank. I mean, that's the best way to best way to catch a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Um, very, very active on the socials. So. I love it. Keep crushing, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Buster. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Take Peace. It easy.